Hi everyone, my name is Shami. I'm the city's lead for the central UK region at Uber. Welcome to this week's episode. I've been at Uber for just under three years and in my current role I work with councils, community groups and charities to better integrate Uber in the cities across the UK. For today's main story, I'm joined by Kieran from our city's team and Paul, a visually impaired Uber rider, who'll be sharing some of his experiences of using the Uber app. Before we jump into this week's main story, I wanted to share with you some updates around our license. As you may know, we are currently appealing TfL's decision to not renew our license to operate in London. As promised, we wanted to keep you informed on some of the updates, so we've got Ryan in the studio from our legal team for a quick Q&A. Welcome, Ryan. It'd be great if you could introduce yourself to our listeners and let them know how long you've been at the business and what your day-to-day duties are. Hi, Shami. Thanks for having me. It's really great to be here. I've been at Uber for around 18 months now. I work in the legal team and I split my time between litigation and regulatory and compliance matters. I help the business with a whole range of really interesting projects and issues. Every week brings something new and exciting to consider. That sounds really interesting. I'm sure it's been a very busy period for you recently. Before we jump into some of the questions, could you please remind us what the case is about? As I'm sure all our listeners will remember, back in September last year, TfL took the decision not to renew our operating license in London. This hearing will be a fresh decision about whether or not Uber London should be allowed to continue to operate in the city. And how long do you think the appeal will take? The hearing starts on Monday and is planned to take three days. The court will hear from both Uber and TfL during this time. I know at this point it's a bit difficult to talk about the possible outcomes, but could you talk us through some of the likely scenarios? Sure. At the most basic level, the court will decide whether or not to grant Uber London a private hire operating licence. Essentially, the decision is whether or not a licence should be granted, and if so, for how long and what conditions should apply to it. And by when should we expect a result? Unfortunately, we don't know exactly, but as soon as we know what the decision is, we will make sure to share the news and exactly what that means for you with all of our partner drivers. Thanks for the update, Ryan, and hope to have you back on the podcast with some positive updates. Thanks very much for having me on. So, moving on, we've got a very special main story for you now. I'm joined by Kieran Hart, who's our head of cities at Uber, and Paul Hopkins, who's a visually impaired Uber user, who'll walk us through what it's like to use our services with his guide dog. So, first of all, welcome to Paul. Hello. Paul, great to have you in here. It's fantastic that you. uh, you're able to make it in. Cool. Can you uh, give us a bit of a, a background to yourself? I can try. Um, so, I'm um, 50 years old. That's terrible. I, I don't feel it. <laughs> But I am. Um, you don't have to give us warts and all. I'm not sure if it's relevant, but yeah, I am. So, and uh, yeah, I'm registered blind, um, have been visually impaired for most of my life. I love traveling and uh, obviously uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. I work as an, what am I, production sales and advocacy officer for a company called All Formats, which is based at a college, a national college for people with disabilities. And we produce braille, large print and audio information. So I'm really passionate about access and advocacy and certainly in later life I think uh, my 50 years of experience of, of life has taught me that um, when you get to this age you really want to start giving back to other people and leaving the world uh, with uh, a bit more than you you sort of came into it you know was in terms of a legacy so um, yeah it sounds a bit all hearts and all that but um, it is true that's how you kind of feel about it and um, yeah that's what I've engaged with you guys. Now, uh, we also have, well, what makes me nervous about this interview is, Paul, you are also a accomplished podcaster yourself, uh, VI podcasting. Yay. So I'm hoping you are going to take it easy on us on your critiquing of our podcasting today. <laughs> sure. Also really excited about a very special guest we have in the studio. He's more special than all of us. 
Yeah. He certainly got the uh, the biggest applause from the uh, office today when he came in. But it's it's Usher. Welcome, Usher. Paul, can you introduce us to Usher? Yeah. So Usher is my guide dog. Usher is a black Labrador Retriever cross. So uh, he is very handsome I'm told <laughs> and uh, a lot of people think he's a girl there are several reasons for that I think but uh, yeah he's, he's got very good looks and uh, I think that's part of it uh, he's a very very gentle dog very very friendly and, and just a dude really <laughs> brilliant so um, speaking about Uber and your relationship with the app can you give us a bit of an introduction as to how you came across the app how you started to use it how frequently do you use it and then for what purposes okay um, so first I heard about Uber but probably just looking at sort of taxi options on on the app store because I use an iPhone with a thing called VoiceOver, which is a screen reader um, that is native to all Apple products. So found Uber, and I, I just couldn't get the hang of this idea that you would you would book a taxi through an app and then wait for it and it would turn up and it would all be okay. <laughs> so so for a long time I had this app and didn't really do anything with it and just sort of watched it. And other people that were vision impaired were saying that they'd started using it. And I thought at some point I've just got to give this a go because obviously I was really nervous about well would the driver even find me will I see him and all we'll come into that in a bit you know him or her and then one day I'd, I'd been at an exhibition and had a drink with a couple of mates and then decided like to catch up at the hotel and I thought well actually it's, it's not too far I'd, I'd walked it before but I thought I don't I'm going to try this because at least it's a short distance so if anything goes wrong then it's going to be all right really one way or the other you know I'll work it out so I decided to to book an Uber and and that's and it worked and I was like okay that was that was okay it wasn't as painless as I thought and and it was you can't I can't underestimate how nervous I was about booking it in the first place because not not being able to see if the taxi turns up and that it's an Uber and all the rest of it in a busy environment is, is quite a scary thing. But yeah, no, it did. It worked out. Um, I had Usher with me at that point, so that was Usher's first Uber trip as well. And uh, it all went pretty well, to be fair. And are you using it mostly for, for work or, or leisure? Do you use it in conjunction with other public transport modes? Yeah, so I use it for all kinds of things. So I use it for for leisure, for business, so to and from work sometimes. Uh, definitely between uh, or, or sort of in conjunction with other uh, transport. So often if I'm running a bit late uh, in the morning, especially it works quite well if it's raining and it's a 15-minute walk to the station, I don't want to do it. So I just book an Uber and jump in and, and we're there, you know, as you'd expect. And, and then obviously getting on and, and getting my transport elsewhere and then um, possibly uh, another Uber sort of 100 miles away when I get into Birmingham. So I should say that I commute quite a bit between London and Birmingham because my fiancé lives in London and then I, I work in Birmingham during the week. So I am using Uber in a kind of truly national sense, I suppose. <laughs> when I do use it, so yeah. And uh, can you explain to our to our listeners how you sort of technically use the app? You mentioned screen reader before, yeah. but even to give us a, a bit of an understanding on how you use the app and understand things like when when your vehicle arrives. So yeah, so Uber have done a pretty reasonable job making the app accessible with the screen reader. So what the screen reader allows me to do is to touch the screen and hear feedback under my finger so as I as I'll touch the screen it will say you know what what's under my finger and then um, you use swipe gestures and then tap gestures to the same way as you would any any touchscreen really but with voiceover what what Uber would have done is given labels to buttons so for example it might say menu and then double tap to open the feed for more options so it will tell you what that button is going to do before you press it and so you double tap into that and then you would you know you would see your profile and all the different things that that are 
are native to the Uber app. But in terms of opening it, it'll say where to. So I'll hear and it'll say double tap to enter, you know, your destination. And then I can see the list or hear the list of options by again swiping with my finger to get to those. And um, as I say, Uber have done quite a good job, I say, of ensuring that you can see. So I can see things like once the trip starts, I can see the driver's profile and um, how many stars and all the things that you would see as a, as a sighted rider. Cool. So what have been the biggest advantages for you in using the Uber app and how does it compare to other private hire vehicles? I think first it's the same as most other people is that um, because it's cashless, well, it's not cashless, I mean, I have to actually pay. <laughs> but it's um, the fact that you don't you don't need actual cash. You know, you can use your, your Apple Pay and whatever, or your PayPal account, and you can or a card, and it just takes it from there. So it, it feels safer in that respect. And I because one of the big things for me, perhaps that that's a bigger issue that other people wouldn't necessarily experience, is if I've got to go to a cash machine and get cash out on the journey. It means then I've got to get the driver to show me where the cash machine is and maybe help me with engineering the amount if we don't have a talking cash machine which they are around but not as common as you'd think and that means obviously there's an element of uh, a lack of security there it's not that people aren't trustworthy but really you know it isn't the kind of thing you should be doing if you can help it so not having to use cash um, for me is really good I can hear when the the car is meant to be coming to me so you know it gives the countdown but uh, yeah so so it's probably similar to other people really um, I think the other thing is that Uber are getting themselves together well now around making sure that uh, the Equality Act is followed in terms of um, guide dogs and the acceptance of guide dogs um, and we'll again come on to that in a little bit but um, that again is an advantage knowing that you've got a big company that is taking the law seriously and in a sense because of the size they're more accountable I guess so that's another advantage for me um, I know it comes down to that but um, that is a big factor as to why I currently use Uber. And Paul, you and I have spoken before, and, and I know that you've had some poor experiences previously mm. with, with taxi and private hire and with Uber, mm. and have unfortunately been the victim of service animal denials in the past. Can you actually share with us um, some of those experiences and the impact it has on you? Sure. So the first one was with a local company in Birmingham, uh, but essentially the guy came up, and, and it was a pretty daring move on his part because he was outside the organisation which I work at, which, as I said before, is a national college for people with disabilities and that is obvious really when you get there anyway he said you can come I'm not taking the dog and I was like well I'm not really sure that's meant to work like I can't just leave the dog sitting on the pavement all weekend um, which he didn't appreciate my humour um, unfortunately and uh, pressed the point that you know he didn't have to take me and I said well you do and talked about the Equality Act 2010 and the, the obligations uh, in that for taxi drivers and said you know look I don't want this to go to court but it will and you know there'll be trouble for you and it's a horrible thing to have to do to, to report to the licensing team and all the rest of it and essentially um, unfortunately he he paid the first price which was he lost his ability to work for them um, straight away they just said no it's a zero tolerance which is which is helpful but again the guilt comes to you you know you think oh yeah, I'm causing this guy all kinds of hardship you know because he's not going to find it easy to get another job because of you know I've now reported him to the council. I had to follow it through. So that was one experience. And then the, the Uber experience, I, I actually felt a bit sorry for the guy because um, he said that he was scared of dogs and just absolutely wouldn't take me with Usher. And I said, well, look, I need to video you saying this because, you know, you're going to go, it's going to go to court and, you you know, you'll 
potentially lose your license to operate. Um, but such was his fear, and I said, look, and tried really hard. I said, look, he's going to explain where the dog would go. So for me, um, you know, passenger seat forward, dog in the foot well between the passenger seat and the back seat, he'll lie on the floor, I'll sit behind you. Yeah, explain how well trained the dogs are. Did that in both situations, but still wasn't buying it. So it was a very straightforward case, unfortunately, and um, I took that to its conclusion. <laughs> it is the guilt. You feel really guilty about it. You feel guilty because you know that you're causing someone harm. And it, I'm not the kind of person that that likes retribution it's nothing to do with it you know but but i needed to be somewhere it's other things have happened where where drivers have seen me and you know cancelled and driven off which i know you're doing something about if we're talking about uber um they're hard to prove because you feel and, and then you feel well you know the driver was there you know he's there for five minutes because the, the thing says arriving now so he's got to be somewhere you know you phone them up and you get silence and you think he knows i'm here he knows where i am so what's he doing um those those are hard because you could be in a place where you know unfamiliar you know you don't know when you're going to get to your destination there's lots of other things going on around you that you're already having to concentrate on to hopefully tease out where this car might be and that's that's with a normal trip so you add all this refusal onto it and it's it's very a lot of anxiety i'd say and i'm not the kind of person that that is over anxious about anything but um vulnerable leaves you feeling vulnerable as well um so what are the most important things that our partner drivers can do to ensure that you and Usher have a safe and enjoyable trip? Um, you've already touched on some of the mistakes that have been made, but what are the common mistakes that drivers should try and avoid? Okay, well, firstly, I'd say that um, I've only had one outright refusal with Uber. And you know what, to be honest, most people are amazing. You know, and so it's practical things. It's like if they can see you making themselves known, if they can't see you just calling and saying, okay, I'm, I'm here or I'm wherever I am. So I have that happened yesterday. Guy, um, the guy couldn't get to me because it was a really busy area outside the college, so, uh, my place of work. So he, um, he called, we hooked up, had a conversation and I found him. I walked down the drive and he told me where he was, looked for me, bibbed his horn you know those are those kind of things just using that common sense really if you see someone and they look as if they are needing to be found then the chances are that that's what's happening so you just literally say hey taxi paul anything practical like that maybe if people are are struggling because they just can't find the door you know things like opening the door you know just make sure that you're providing the experience that you would want to have if you were not even in a situation, but if you're expecting to be treated with that extra bit of common sense customer service, really, most of it is that practical. You know, you just offer that little bit of extra help. You don't don't just grab the guide dog harness, which has happened before, or grab me and try to push me in a certain direction. Just ask someone, you know, do you need me to help you in any way? And they'll normally tell you. So they'll normally take your arm and be guided by you and you can sort of put your hand on the door and the person can find where the door is you can just describe what you're doing as you're as you're going through that process but it really isn't scary and it isn't intimidating most of us are very adept at kind of knowing what we need so there's a bit of work on our part to do as well so so i'd expect you know a person who has additional needs to just say what what those are would tip number one therefore just be for drivers to ask, ask. how can i help you yeah yeah, easy as that, really, easy as that. Um, I was really talking about some of the things that happened as a result of that, but yeah, how can, can, I, can I be of any additional help to you? Just simple as that. And and as I say, most drivers, you know, they'll they'll open the window and say who they are and the taxi's for, is a taxi for um, They'll They'll often get out and ask me what they need me to do and things like that. So 
it starts that conversation don't be worried about breaking the ice i suppose mm. um, because there isn't any ice really for most of us it's just a conversation which starts can I help you and where's the best position for you and usher to sit in the car okay that's an interesting one so um I normally go for pushing the passenger seat forward and then Usher would lie down in the footwell between the passenger seat and the um, and the back seat. The reason for that is that then he's quite safe really and secure so if the car has to pull up sharp for any reason which we hope doesn't happen but it can occasionally then he doesn't fly forward and because a flying dog in the confines of a car isn't isn't really a good recipe for anything <laughs> a, a good outcome you know so that um, we can do um, sometimes the if there's a if you've got an estate car the the dog can go in the boot that isn't a problem either I would personally tend to avoid having the dog in the front passenger seat with myself um, and that's partly because of things like if an airbag deploys and that kind of thing and the dog actually has less room even if you push a seat right the way back um, the dog in most cars the dashboards are quite big aren't they so the dog doesn't have a lot of room to, to be comfortable. Does Usher have a favourite make and model of car? Is he a Prius man or is he more he of a Mercedes kind of dog? A Prius. <laughs> Prius or Prius Plus. <laughs> he likes. Um, actually the reasons that quite practical because the um, gearbox thing doesn't go right to the along the back of the car and so there's a bit of a gap between the the back seat and the rest of that luggage box so he has a little bit of room to put his head on the floor there so <laughs> and lie quite comfortably uh, they're also say quite long cars i think and there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of room uh, so it's definitely a prius or a prius plus <laughs> So what would Usher have to do to get upgraded to an Uber exec or Uber Lux? What a great question. Um, I think his winning smile would probably help. He has a lovely <laughs> smile. Um, and I remember once the driver saying to me, I was really worried about um, your dog when he came into the car and like what was going to happen he said and, and then he and he said can I fuss him and it was a lovely moment because he was I didn't expect that at all he didn't want to go you know he just said yeah okay we're in the car we're fine and it wasn't a problem but um to actually engage with Usher and I said what made you do that he said he's got lovely eyes and he's got a lovely smile <laughs> and he wags his tail constantly so I think that might get him um a, a, an upgrade to be honest and really? and he's 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 very happy to take interest in that regard but does insist that his his owner comes with him so i don't think i don't think i'll be letting usher go on any trips on his own anytime soon <laughs> brilliant well he's an incredibly peaceful dog we haven't he heard is. one rustle out of him no all day today yes now paul uh, what are your thoughts and experiences of using the uber assist service essentially the uber assist drivers would give a little bit more help and assistance that have gone through a program where they've had a bit more of an awareness training and things like that so some of the things we talked about earlier um, such as the opening the doors offering the help are more commonly known to them because they've they've had the additional awareness um, and things like that my experience of it is that it, it works really well you do sometimes end up waiting a bit longer for the ride but I mean it does it does work really well and I think there's Uber access as well isn't there so that's more for the sort of people who perhaps are wheelchair users and things and, and to be honest it's really helpful because you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're not going to worry about a refusal you know even though it's not meant to happen it gives you that extra security of knowing while we're in the environment we are where it occasionally can happen and there is that fear so it gives you that extra reassurance I would say about it that, that we should we should get as many people as possible towards an uber assist sort of mentality really mm. 
and that is a big job i understand that but just the common sense things that we talked about before where you know there's that ice break and interaction between the driver and the rider that has the, the difficulties i know it can look a bit positively intimidating for some people when you're at the curbs you see the person at the curbside and think oh no what do i do but just have a conversation and uh, it usually will work out and if we could say mimic uber assists across the the board that would benefit everybody and it you know not just visually impaired people people with disabilities but it would actually help people that um, age related sort of disabilities or it would help you know people that just want to feel safe in using uber above someone else you know another choice so that there are tangible benefits to what is essentially a, a corporate organization and for all partner drivers out there uh, the ability to get involved in the uber assist program is available so please do reach out to your local green light hub and inquire about getting yourself on the training for the uber assist service Paul, thank you very much for making the time to come in today. It's been great chatting to you again and also having the most special guest star, Usher, (laughs) in the office with us. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing working with you guys and uh, it's been a great experience. I do appreciate it. So with that, we've came to the end of another episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed the topics in the interviews. If you have any questions or feedback, make sure you submit them via our podcast page on t.uber.com forward slash UK podcasts and make sure you subscribe to our SoundCloud channel for the latest updates. Drive safe and see you on the next one.